Hi everyone, and welcome to the Business of Customer Love podcast. I'm your host, Simeon Atkins, Senior Product Marketing Manager at Mention Me. Growing your brand through customer love might seem like an idea that belongs in the company cafe rather than the boardroom. But identifying, growing, and activating a base of loyal fans is serious business. And the results of harnessing brand advocacy can be truly transformational for both your company and your customers. We gather experts from across the space to shine a light on how you can unleash a virtuous cycle of sustainable, organic growth where your best customers keep coming back and bringing their friends too. So let's get into today's episode. So I'm delighted to be joined today by Shep Hykin, host of Be Amazing or Go Home on Amazon Prime. Shep, welcome to the show. Well, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. So we're here today to talk about how brands can start closing the loyalty gap in their business, something that in today's hyper-competitive market has never been a bigger challenge. Um, Before we dive into that, Shep, uh, would you like to give uh, a bit more of an introduction to our listeners into who you are and what you do? Sure. Uh, Yeah. I mentioned before, I'm a customer service experience expert. I've actually been doing this a long, long time. Uh, My original lessons in customer service came from my parents when I was about 12 years old and I had a birthday party magic show business. And they taught me to say thank you, send thank you notes, follow up and get feedback, uh, learn from their comments, how to make and create a better show. Uh, All that I had no idea was like they were the major tenets of customer experience and customer service, show appreciation, get feedback, improve the process and more. Anyway, uh, graduated college and within a year I found myself as a professional speaker talking about customer service. Now that was several decades ago. And guess what? I'm still doing it. I still have a passion for it. And that's what I love more than anything. And I love the idea that we're going to be talking about loyalty because I have a twist on loyalty that may not be what most people think it is. Well, we'll leave that as a cliffhanger for uh, for the rest of the episode. Um, <laughs> I may sneak it in at some point. Excellent. Um, so, as tradition on the show, to get things kicked off, I'd love for you to share a time recently where, as a consumer, you've experienced customer love firsthand and really what impact that had on you as a consumer. Yeah. So a lot of people complain about the airlines. Uh, great question. By the way, uh, I want everybody in the world who's listening to this podcast to know that this is a highly prepared uh, conversation. I have been given questions up front, but this is how I like to work. I look at the questions and make sure I can answer them, and then I don't look at them again until it's time to actually do the podcast. So I feel I'm still somewhat extemporaneous. Not long ago, somebody asked me, uh, how do you take traveling and, and dealing with all these airlines and the delays and everything else? And I thought to myself, you know, it could be tough, but I am tied to American Airlines. Uh, I love them. I've been doing business with them. For, yeah, there's times I'm a little uh, upset and frustrated. Uh, but most of the time a plane is late, it's not because of anybody's fault. It's, it's you know, there's bad weather, you know, and you can't do anything about the weather. And maybe there's a part that's broken and they're smart enough to figure that out before the plane takes off. So, but what I really love about them is how they take care of me. They recognize me as one of their loyal customers. And as a result, sometimes I feel like they go out of their way to take care of me. And as long as they keep doing that, I'm going to keep coming back. 
And isn't that what all companies should do? Um, and and I just noticed, you know, recently uh, I had an issue and they reached out to me before I reached out to them. And I think that that in itself says, hey, they're looking for my looking out to take care of me and for my best interest. I love that. It's interesting, actually. I've asked this uh, this question quite a lot in different episodes, and airlines are actually one that's come up quite a, quite a lot. And as you were saying, airlines, I think, tend to maybe get a bad rep sometimes, and they're they're one of the uh, the areas that people like to complain about. But actually, I've heard some some great examples like that of where airlines have really taken care of customers. And and like you said, sometimes it's just as simple as making you feel like a valued customer, recognizing that you are a loyal customer and just recognizing that, making you know that they realize and appreciate that. So I think that's that's a great example. Um, I'm also a smart customer because I travel so much. I know what good and bad is. And I know when it looks like it's going to be bad, I am preemptive with my strike. I, I figure out what I need to do. Uh, and, and I'm not that customer that's going to get angry at the gate agent because the plane is delayed. It's not their fault. They're really the only ones that can help me get booked on another flight or, or make sure things are going to work. And we always have to keep that in mind is that, yes, we are customers and we should be treated the right way. But you're not going to get treated any better than the way you treat the people you're dealing with. Absolutely, which I think is a really nice segue into the conversation today. And it's it's a topic I'm really excited to get into with you today because we know that brands everywhere are really struggling to break free from transactional relationships with customers where they come in for the best deal and then they leave as soon as they see a better offer somewhere else. And it's just simply not a sustainable or profitable way to grow your business. So before we dive into some of the specific strategies to increase loyalty, I'd love for you to start by explaining what you see as the difference between a repeat customer and a loyal customer. Yeah, I really went into this uh, much deeper with my latest book called I'll Be Back, How to Get Customers to Come Back Again and Again. And oftentimes, repeat business is confused with a loyal customer. And we must understand why the customer keeps coming back. And once we understand that, then we'll understand what we need to do to keep them. For example, why do they come back? Maybe the location is, and I'm going to just use some consumer type examples, although it applies to the B2B business to business world as well. Uh, Maybe the reason this customer chooses to come to my location is because it's the most convenient location. Well, what would happen if a competitor moved in a little bit closer? Maybe the customer comes to me because I do have, as you mentioned, the lower price. What happens when the store down the street offers a price? So what we understand is that customers aren't loyal to our stores, to our businesses, they're loyal to to location. They're loyal to a, a number, a price. And all of that puts us at risk. What we must do is understand why that customer keeps coming back or, or doesn't come back. In the book um, that, that I just mentioned, um, I'll be back, I, I learned something from um, a, a CEO of a major hair salon franchise organization. I'm a bald guy. The bald guy was hired to come and do the keynote speech at a hair salon <laughs> event, which was great. All these managers and owners of hair salons. And one of the things they learned was that they need to understand the cadence of a customer as well. So not all customers are the same. Why does this customer come back once a month versus once a quarter versus whenever? And when we start to understand what the cadence is, we can also drive messages and 
cater to that regularity, to that routine. So, you know, typically, I mean, you've got hair. I don't know if you cut it yourself or you go somewhere, but typically a guy might go once every four to six weeks. Uh, Somebody else might go a little more often. Somebody, uh, maybe like my wife gets her hair colored every couple, three months, and it's like clockwork. Now, if I know the cadence of that customer and that customer disappears during one of these times they're supposed to be here, and I see it happen again, and is it too late for me to go back and say, hey, what happened? You know, maybe the customer moved. Maybe they don't even uh, live in the area anymore. But the point is I've got to understand that because I've got to do what I can to save that customer to get them to come back. And then I need to understand why they may have even considered not coming back in the first place. So there's lots going on in my head right now that I'm trying to articulate. But the bottom line is the difference between repeat business and true loyal business is is big because Repeat business can be taken away from you. Loyalty, however, should be an emotional connection that the customer has with the company they do business with. Maybe it's somebody inside the business. Maybe it's the feeling of trust and confidence. You know, Amazon, we're never dealing with a, cust- or with a customer service rep or a salesperson. We're doing it all ourselves. But why do we keep going back? Because we trust that every time we buy something, we're going to get an email that says, the purchase has been made, the purchase is being shipped, then the purchase has been delivered. And when we start to feel confident that things are going to happen, that's emotion, confidence. And that builds trust. Trust creates loyalty. That's where it all goes. So from what you're saying, it almost sounds like repeat customers it might almost be a marriage of convenience in a sense that, for example, you've got the closest store, whereas loyalty, to your point, there's more of that emotional connection to the point right. where you almost might feel like an extension to that brand. I'd say yep. almost that may go beyond loyalty into advocacy where you can't help but shout and rave about that that brand because you feel so emotionally connected to it. So I think that's, that's a really nice visual to be able to take away, actually. Um, I want to focus on... Um, what you were talking there about patterns and identifying patterns, because I think that's a really important point. Mm-hmm. How can businesses start to get a better understanding of their customers' buying patterns? Because that feels like that would be a really good way to start shifting from right. repeat customers to loyal customers. Yeah, so we want to understand why a customer buys, how often they buy, and realize not all customers are the same. This goes into a marketing um idea or concept called uh, personas. We understand the different personas of our customers. And maybe let's break it away from the cadence of the customer to the type of customer we have. And I'm going to use Nike as an example. Uh, We all know Nike shoes, tennis shoes, sports shoes, whatever. Well, I am a member of the Nike. um, I don't know if it's called a loyalty club, but I'm a member of whatever it is they have. By the way, no charge to be that member. But what happens is when I go online and I buy my shoes, and I do buy them online, uh, I buy two types of shoes. There's a particular shoe that I really like, and I keep buying it again and again and again. And it's called the Nike React, R-E-A-C-T. And what I like about it is the technology in the shoe has, for me anyway, is the most comfortable shoe I've ever worn. So I... I keep buying the same shoe whenever I, by the way, just the other day, two more showed up in my, uh, uh, outside my door because I bought two pair because I go through them that quickly. Every few months, six months, I've got to replace the shoe. And it's because I wear them out. It's, it's, and by the way, if you wore them as much as I did, you would wear them out too. Here's my point. They are not going to send me any 
type of marketing promotion related to tennis shoes like on a court or basketball shoes. I, I you know I love that look of the Air Jordan. I haven't owned them, but you know what? Air Jordans are for someone else. I like the Nike React. Guess what they did? Uh, they said we're putting the React technology into other types of shoes. They sent me an email. They now have golf shoes with the React technology in it. And again, the React technology is is in the uh, the base of the shoe, uh, you know, the cushion of the shoe, whatever. So, uh, by the way, just recently, Bruce, I believe it's Bruce uh, Kepka. Uh, anyway, it, he just won the PGA Championship. And guess what he said? I love these Nike React shoes. Nike, you sponsor me. Why can't you put this technology in a golf shoe? And they did. And it's, I, I said, I play golf. I'm going to go buy that golf shoe. Well, now Nike knows that I like golf shoes. And by the way, I bought it with the same type of shoe I had before. They're learning more and more about me. So they should send me marketing messages, and they do, specifically about what I'm interested and not, they don't send what I'm not interested in. We can do that with our customers. Understand who they are. Uh, back to the hair salon idea. If all I do is get a cut and a blow dry, which obviously I don't do, but if I were to do that and that's all I did, they shouldn't send me messages about, you know, getting a perm or uh, coloring my hair. That's just not right. However, my wife, on the other hand, that's exactly what she would want. So break your customers up into these buckets and understand who they are. Send messages, and they could be generic messages to that specific type of customer, and that customer is going to feel you know them better than a general message to everybody. I love that example. Um, and, and out of interest, what kind of effect would it have been on you if Nike had started sending you more generic messages, being, you know, bearing in mind that you've been a, a customer of theirs for years and years, how would that have made you feel as a consumer? Uh, number one, uh, I don't know how it would make me feel, but I know how it might make me act. Uh, so I guess the action would be an in indication of how I feel. Number one, I would delete the messages. I'd stop reading them, which meant that the good messages that they really want me to read might get lost in a myriad of general, generic uh, you know, non-personalized messages. And again, personalization in this case is just sending me what I'm interested in, not necessarily using my name and everything else they know about me. Make sense? So once I start to tune them out because they're sending me too much, I miss the important messages, they could lose me as a customer. Furthermore, if they're sending me things I'm truly not interested in, guess what I do? I move them to the junk folder. And guess what happens the next time they send me a message? I don't ever see it. Yeah, makes complete sense. Um, and again, I think this kind of goes nicely into the next part of our topic, which is now diving into some of the specific strategies that brands can utilize to start increasing loyalty. I'd love to um, to dive into that in a little bit more detail. Um, and ultimately as well, um, what kind of impact can businesses expect to see once they've implemented these strategies and once they've started to increase loyalty? Because I think we, we all kind of understand that loyalty is important, but it'd be great for you to kind of talk about what effect that has on a business's bottom line ultimately. Sure. Well, there's a number of, of first, first, I would make sure that the experience that they have, let's assume the product is good and it's, you know, something that customers would want. Once we get past that, does the experience get them to want to come back? So I really want you to measure and look at and analyze different touch points the customer has with your, your business. Uh, the best way to do it is create a journey map and recognize one journey map isn't enough. There's multiple 
ways customers will do business with you. A first-time customer is different than a repeat customer. A customer coming back with a problem or, or a question is going to have a different experience than they would if they're calling about buying something. So recognize the interaction points, the touch points that customers have. Look at each and every one of those and say, is it as good as it can be? Is it as easy to do business with as it can be? If I call a company and I have to listen to a phone tree, push this, that I get to do another one, push that, and it's about three or four or five minutes before I finally get to a person because of all the pushing around I've had to do. And by the way, it drives me crazy when I am on the phone uh, calling on a, on a customer support call and they ask me, you know, it looks like we identified you by your phone number. Can you please verify by whatever the question? Happy to do that. And then, great, we're going to transfer you to whomever. And what's the first question that support rep asked me? The same exact thing that I just answered in those prompts. That is a friction point. It is unnecessary for me to waste my time giving duplicate information. So where can we eliminate Duplicate information type issues. Where can we make the process easier? Make it as easy and convenient. And there you are on the start of saying, I like doing business with them because they're easy to do business with. Very important. You can't create a complicated system and expect somebody to want to keep doing business with you if there's other people out there or other companies out there that are easier to do business with. That's, by the way, why Amazon has done so well. And I gave you the example. I placed the order, I get the emails, blah, 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 right? The reason it, it, they, they've simplified this process. Jeff Bezos recognized back when they were just in the book business, hey, I can create a great experience for you. I can put the book online so you can peruse many, many more books than you would if you were actually walking through the aisles of a bookstore because, gosh, it's unlimited on the internet and you're limited by the size of a bookstore. Then I'm going to show you the first six, seven, eight pages of the book so you can read through it and get an idea of what the book's about. And you know what else? You don't have to go anywhere. You're just doing it at home. You can do this two o'clock in the morning when the retailer is closed. And then uh, I'm going to give it to you at a, at a better price and I'm going to get it sent straight to your home. You don't have to do anything. And they've taken that concept and taken it to the entire retail world. And now they're getting into so many other things beyond just retail uh, items like that you see on, on, I mean, if you, they're in the pharmaceuticals, they're, you know, let me tell you, Amazon is going to look at every single business in the world and find a way or determine if they can get into it. And if they can, they're going to find a way to make it easier to do business than the competition. What I found really interesting there is that you only towards the end mentioned price when we were talking about strategies for increasing loyalty. Now, price is always going to be a factor in some way, shape or form. But the point is you were talking much more about the experience that that yes. customer is having, as you said, kind of reducing those barriers to entry, you know, taking away those friction points and just making it easier for customers. Um, out of interest, we were talking a lot about Amazon there. Um what about maybe some, some brands that aren't quite the size of Amazon? Are yeah. there any kind of specific strategies that they can implement sure. to, to improve loyalty? So I'm going to give you a six-step process uh, to create the I'll Be Back experience, okay? Now, understand, loyalty and repeat business, they're different. But before you can have loyalty, you need repeat business. So <laughs> they're very closely tied together. 
So here's what I want you to think about. It's a six-step process, and it goes like this. The first question is, uh, and by the way, it's just a a series of questions you're going to sit down with your team uh, and, and use. Number one, why does a customer choose to do business with us? And don't just say, oh, we've got a, a great customer service uh, you know, the department. You know, Maybe you do, maybe you don't, but everybody's going to say they have great service. What truly makes you different? Why would somebody choose you over the competition? The next question is, why would they choose the competition over you? You need to have this information. So do the intel. M- mystery shop, if you must, your competition, but find out what they're doing that you're not doing. Question number three is, are they doing something that you're not doing that you could be doing? And if you choose to do it, just don't copy it. Make it your own. Somehow, you know, make it something a little bit different. Uh, In some cases, you may just have to say, you know what, that's a great idea. Uh, Why haven't we thought about that before and we start doing it? I'm okay with that, but really work to make it unique. Otherwise, you just become like somebody else, a commodity. Now, here's where it gets interesting is question number four. What are the companies outside of what we do, outside of our industry, that we love to do business with? And this could be Amazon. It could be the shoe repair store down the street. It could be the manufacturer that has an inside sales rep that I love, and that's why I choose to do business with them. So what I want you to do is write down the companies that you like to do business with and all the reasons why you like to do business with them. And please, write them all down. The simplest, even if they're the same things that we do, it doesn't matter. Write them all down because what we're looking for is in question five is what of all these things that these companies do, what are they doing that we don't do that we could do? Hmm, interesting. So now we're looking outside of our own industry for the best examples of great service and experience. And then question number six is, now that we've looked at our competition and we've looked outside of our industry and we've come up with some ideas and we started to implement them, now why would somebody want to do business with us? And that six-step process will help crystallize in your mind ways to differentiate yourself and raise yourself within your own industry. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and it'd be great just in in closing there just to talk about some of the impacts that you've seen businesses have when they've really nailed that six-step process and, and ultimately gone from repeat customers to loyal customers. Sure. So uh, number one, the most important thing is y- you got to recognize you do not have to compete anymore on price if you have loyal customers. You have to create value and you've got to have a reasonable price. You can't just say, I'm going to triple my price just because people love us. No, you can't do that. You still have to be competitively priced, but you don't have to have the lowest price. And when you take that out of the equation, boy, some good magic can happen. You can start to invest a little bit of your margins into a better experience, which keeps your customers coming back again and again. And you know it allows you some luxuries that you might not have if all you're worried about is you've got to maintain margin in order to stay alive, but you got to keep giving them a better price because that's the only way they're going to come back. So we're trying to avoid that. Um, the uh, other thing, I want to go back to something that you said, hey, let's set this up. Uh, at the very beginning, remember, I made a comment about what loyalty is. And and what I want you to think about, based on all of the things we've talked about, this is a perfect time to give you this information. Um, the loyalty question is, is about next time, not about a lifetime. 
And when it becomes the next time, every time, it could turn into a lifetime. So here's what I want you to ask. Every time you're in an interaction with a customer, or if you're looking at a process to create where that customer is going to do business with you, is what we're doing right at that moment going to get that customer to want to come back the next time they need whatever it is that we sell. And if I'm in an interaction, it's just a regular, typical, things are going along well, am I, is this is this process strong enough? Is what they're experiencing good enough to make them not look elsewhere because they love doing business with us? What if there is contention? What if there is a problem or a complaint? Is the way I'm handling that right now going to renew the confidence of that customer to want to come back with me uh, and do business with me next time? So it's not about a lifetime. It's all about focusing on the next time, every time. That's how you build loyalty. And I think that's a great point. Loyalty is not an end game. It's just an yep. ongoing process that you need to be thinking about time and time again. I couldn't agree more. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. I can't wait to come back. You've been listening to the Business of Customer Love podcast hosted by Mention Me. Thanks for tuning in and be sure to join us next time where we'll be speaking to some more amazing guests about how you can harness the power of customer love. See you again soon.